the uh, second choice in the draft, the San Diego Chargers select quarterback, Washington State University, Brian Leaf. <laughs> Like the ones I used to know Where those streets are Listen And children listen To hear Sleigh bells in the snow The snow But then I, I, I am dreaming Of a white Christmas Are you ready for some college football? What's up, everybody? This is Eggy with the Bro Love Cast. Flying solo this morning on a beautiful, beautiful Christmas Eve, December 24th. I'm in wonderful Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. The Bro Love Cast is traveling right now for the holidays. Ian was up in Williamsport. He's on his way back to the 717. Mike was in good old Lemoyne hanging with his family. We know everyone wants to enjoy a nice holiday with their family. So as you're eating dinner, eating turkey, kind of hanging out, cracking open a cold one, I'll probably have a Coors Light, maybe a vodka tonic here and there. While you're doing that, sit down. All right, if you ate too much, maybe unbutton the top pants, you know, the button. Turn on a college football game. We've had some token coverage of college football so far on the Bro Love Cast. I figured this would be a perfect opportunity to do a solid college football bowl preview and who better to have than ESPN's Ryan Leaf now if you've heard of Ryan Leaf you know him from his playing days the dude was a killer at Washington State in the late 90s and then of course he went second overall behind a so-called Peyton Manning in the who went first in the draft the next year he was a Heisman finalist had a, had a decent career in the NFL played five years and now he's reserved as, as a college football analyst so Ryan Leaf came on to give us his stuff. Now, Ryan Leaf is an ESPN college football analyst. He hosts Pac-12 this morning on Sirius XM, and he's also the host of Believe in the Pac-12 on, on the Believe Podcast Network. He was a 1997 Heisman finalist, an All-American for the Washington State Cougars. He was a 1998 NFL second pick overall to the San Diego Chargers, and he's really got a lot of good insight concerning college football. Now, I know a lot of you betters out there, this is a busy time. My family and friends, we do an annual bowl preview. So I kind of threw that in there as well. We always appreciate our work with Vigit. So remember, this podcast is presented by Vigit, now legal in Pennsylvania, New Jersey. Notice in the interview that they have a few locks that they're going to focus on. I asked Ryan to get his thoughts on the locks by Vigit. And we have a speed round in the last part of the segment that goes through a number of games that I think will be hot tickets going forward for the betting for the betters out there. So without much, uh, without any further ado, let's get Ryan Leaf, ESPN college football analyst, to give us our football bowl preview for the 2019-2020 season. It's the end of December, and along with the holidays, we celebrate the culmination of college football. Here to give us insight on what to expect for this year's bowl matchups is ESPN college football analyst Ryan Leaf. Ryan, welcome to the Bro Love Cast presented by Vigit. How's it going today? Really good. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. So I know I know you're a busy man. You got the Cheez It Bowl coming up. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, we got getting ready for uh, 
for a little Cheez-It bowl action on Friday night. Washington State Air Force uh, okay. probably couldn't have a better uh, juxtaposition between two teams that do things completely differently. Sure. Sure, I know. I know, it, it, I know the partiality thing with the commentating is tough, man. You're a Wazoo guy. How's that go? How's that work? You know, my first two calls ever last year for the Pac-12 Network were Washington State games, and you know, I was just so worried about being prepared and 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 and, and doing the best I could. I, I I almost forgot that it was my alma mater. Sure. And I, and I've really kind of taken that into everything else I do, uh, especially when I'm calling like the Pac-12 or, or things like that. I just want. I just want to analyze the best game I can, and it really helps doing Washington State games because I'm so familiar with with the air raid offense run by Mike Mike Leach, and and that helps me be a better analyst. Okay. The only thing I'm really worried about is it maybe creeping in a little bit. Is like you know I'm pretty emotional when it comes to Washington State, and <laughs> and there's there's been some dis- disappointment, sure. uh, in particular last year. Uh, and, and in fact, the last six years with the Apple Cup and yeah. their inability to win that football game. So I hope that doesn't creep in. I, I don't think people are, need to worry about me being a homer. They may need to be worried about me being a little, little extra critical to, to my <laughs> alma mater, maybe. All right. All right. Well, I want to strike a nerve here, man. We'll switch. We'll switch. Let's go to the college football playoff. We'll start off with Clemson and Ohio State. Um, in what could be a great game at the Fiesta Bowl. I think you made some really good comments. I've heard you say it over and over again, in which you have Clemson as the top team consistently in the country. Why are you so persistent in this stance, and why do you think there's that kind of lack of respect from others, um, especially the committee, concerning the Clemson Tigers? Well, I, I don't necessarily know if it's a lack of respect. It's just, it's just simply the resume, right? They, they haven't played anybody. Um, because the ACC was so down. Uh, and then the two teams that they do play in the SEC outside their conference, uh, Texas A&M, where a lot of people thought were gonna, was gonna be much better this year, but they ended up seven and five. And, and South Carolina, a team that did upset Georgia on the road. So, I mean, yeah. it's not like they didn't go out and play anybody in the non-conference either. So, for me, they've been the best team, uh, since the season started. Now, I, I, I had a little different experience too. I didn't spend training camp with, with LSU or Ohio State, I spent training camp with Clemson. And, yeah. you know, when you're with them and with Dabo and around Trevor Lawrence and that crew, you know, you, you I think you get influenced because you see how it's done, how it's done correctly. Sure. And I think they're the best team in the country. And I don't know if I'm the only one, but I'm one of the only ones, I think, in the country that have had them number one since my first poll in August. And they'll continue to stay there until somebody beats them. I think they're the best football team. Uh, I think they're probably uh, the best competition is going to be in the semifinal against Ohio State. I still think they find a way to get it done against them. And then I think they even go down in the backyard of, of LSU in the national championship and, and get it done there as well. And, and when you walk away from this season uh, as the team that stands in front of you uh, at 30-0 and the last two seasons and back-to-back national champs, you're going to understand that this football team is special. Uh, this coaching staff is, uh, in particularly very, very, very good. And, and with Trevor Lawrence coming back and a couple of those wide receivers and, and the defense, you know, you're, you're looking at an opportunity over the next decade, the Clemson Tigers being what Alabama's been to dominance in college football, I think, over the next 10 years. So, so we're looking at a new era in college football and it's nice and orange, man. And, and Ryan, real quick, you might give me some insight on this, particularly because you said you were with them. 
My brother won an Orange Bowl at West Virginia in 2012 at uh, against Clemson. If you remember that game, Clemson got routed. It was like a 70-point uh, effort that West Virginia put up. Do you remember that game? Yes. So, so that yes. was all right. So, uh, you know, Clemson was pretty. You know, they were riding pretty high at that time. And I just find it interesting. Like those two teams, you know, West Virginia has kind of floundered in the Big 12 since then, and Clemson has done nothing but skyrocket, right? So uh, to me, it speaks all about culture. And you mentioned being there and being around Dabo and being around Lawrence. What is it about Clemson that, you know, a few things, you know, just quickly that separates them? You know, their facility is new and it looks fantastic. You mentioned a transfer rule. I remember hearing in your in your podcast that they don't accept transfers. Are there certain things that they do that you believe really sets them apart and gets them ready for this new kind of order in college football? Well, I, I think I think Dabo Sweeney is the biggest reason why, right? He hires coaches. Uh, he's got defensive coordinator Brent Venables who doesn't want to be a head coach, right? Mm-hmm. He's probably could have a head coaching job anywhere in the country uh, if if asked, but he likes what he does. Uh, he gets paid accordingly, and and he works his tail off to be the best defense in the country. Um, and for me, I think the biggest difference than what other programs are doing is that they simply don't allow, let's say, Clemson only people. And that, I mean, they go out and recruit a certain kind of player. They don't allow the transfers, right? They don't bring in grad transfers. They don't bring in JC transfers. And not to say that those guys aren't capable. He just has put together a boundary that sets them apart from everybody else. And the guys that invest in his program are guys that are going to be there three or four or five years. You know, they're going to be Clemson Tigers, and that's special. And I think that sets them apart right now in this recruiting process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's very interesting, especially with the way that the college game is going. I mean, transfers—it's becoming rather ubiquitous nowadays. But um, it's it's really interesting. I had not known of that since you'd mentioned that. So I thought you had some great insight on Clemson. Let's move to the other game in which we have two transfer quarterbacks: uh, the Heisman winner Joe Burrow leading LSU, and then Jalen Hurts leading Oklahoma. I I think LSU is rightfully favored in this game. I know you had taken them by a couple touchdowns. Is there anything that the the experience of Jay Jalen Hurts can do uh, to give the Sooners a real chance, or is LSU just too big for them? Uh, and, and all the things that have played out, right? The the loss on defense uh, because of the suspension, some injuries that have plagued Oklahoma since the announcement of the final rankings have come out. I, I had Rod Mullins on my radio show uh, this week, and, and even asked him the question, "Hey, can the can the committee reconvene and?" and maybe pick a different fourth team now because of all these things that have kind of transpired. And <laughs> of course you, you can't go into that at all that you're going to get what you're going to get. And I just think there's a destiny to what LSU has presented and the idea that they get Atlanta for the semifinal and that they win, they go home to new Orleans for the national championship, Joe yeah. Burrow and Ogeron, everything kind of just seems to be funneling towards that, you know, that big ending, that big special ending, um, unfortunately, you know, like I've continued to comment on, I think Davo Sweeney is playing the part of, uh, of the dark side here in the Star Wars. And he's going to show up with, with lightsabers and lightsabers in every one of his appendages and just absolutely cut apart. LSU in their home stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Love the Star Wars reference, Ryan. I just saw uh, I just saw the movie, and I'm working through Mandalorian right now, so I appreciate I'm that. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to Star Wars tonight. So let's hope it's uh, everything everybody promises 
it to be. I mean, you, if you like being in there, if you're a casual fan like I am, you'll, you'll have fun with it. But, I, you know, it'll yeah. be good. It'll be good. So, all right, so you're a Pac-12 guy, of course. What are a few of the other Pac-12 games, I know there's a number of them, um, that viewers could look out for? Because we're East Coast people, right? There's a lot of Big Ten. There's a lot of ACC over here, like in the Philadelphia region. Um, tell me about some of these games that you think could be really, you know, kind of eye-openers for the nation to see the Pac-12 doing their thing. Well, the, the, one of the bigger ones is the Holiday Bowl, where uh, USC takes on Iowa. Uh, USC um, much lament, you know, lamented around the idea of Clay Helton sticking uh, as head coach and a recruiting class that is down. How do they perform against what people consider to be uh, the strongest conference in the country this year, which was the Big Ten, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what the committee has ranked these uh, these teams? Uh, I wonder how well they'll do in that situation against a solid defense. Is Graham Harrell and that offense just too much? And do they have enough talent to, to compete? Because not only do they have that game, but they open up with Alabama to start the season next year. Another big game, I think, is Utah-Texas. Will Texas yeah. show up having to play in the Alamo Bowl 7-5 and five this year? Will Utah show up sure. having been number probably the fourth spot in the college football playoff? They were just able to have, do what they needed to do and win the Pac-12 championship. Uh, that's a big one for me. And then, of course... Uh, the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, the granddaddy of them all, the one that I that I got the luxury and honor of playing in myself. Mm-hmm. Watch Justin Herbert come back for his senior season, win the conference, uh, get to play in the Rose Bowl. I, I think it couldn't have happened uh, to a better guy, and uh, and everything he could have could have asked for. And they get the opportunity in only Mario Cristobal's second season. Uh, now to see how the juxtaposition of it all transpired. Willie Taggart goes to Florida State out of the job already. Mario Cristobal elevated, and now he's where he's at playing for the uh, for the Rose Bowl in only his second season. It really shows you where Oregon's going. And I think it's going to give the country a really honest-to-God look at what the Pac-12 has to offer because guess what? Week two next year in Autzen Stadium, Ohio State Buckeyes team coming off a college football playoff berth we are. Don't know how that's going to play out so far yet, but they're going to travel all the way across the country and play Austin, uh, play in Austin Stadium against the Oregon Ducks in week two. What a, what a great matchup. And we're really going to get a good idea of what Ohio State brings to the table as well as Oregon here over the next week or so. No, it's certainly intriguing. I, I appreciate you mentioning that Rose Bowl game, but can we stick with Utah for a second? <clears throat> Excuse me. You mentioned that. Utah, in this game, this Alamo Bowl, it could be a sort of referendum on Utah and the Pac-12 as a whole. It seems like proponents of the Pac-12 are always having to defend the competitiveness of the league in some regard. It's been a few years now that they've had a representative in the college football playoff. How important are the results of, say, an Alamo Bowl or these other bowl games that you mentioned, like the Rose Bowl, in kind of that collective perception on the competitiveness of the Pac-12 at large in the country? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't buy into the narrative so much, but I understand it being in the media now, how people continue to start to talk about it. And when your conference is left out of the discussion for three consecutive years, you then look at, okay, how do we judge these teams right now? If Oregon goes and lays an egg against Wisconsin, you go, okay, well, you know, Wisconsin's probably the, maybe the, the third best team in the Big Ten and, and they dominated an Oregon team and Utah was considered the, the fourth best team in the country all the way up until that Pac-12 championship and they just get decimated by a, or beat simply by a seven and five Texas team out of the Big 12. So yeah, I mean, I think it plays into it. I don't buy into, uh, bowl games, uh, being super meaningful. I mean, the result of the bowl games, I think the bowl games in general and the fact that these kids 
get to go play one more game and get to get together as a group and as a fellowship and bond. I think that's huge. The result of the game for me is, is nothing more than an exhibition uh, other than, of course, the, the national championship, the semis and, and, and for me, the Rose Bowl. I think it's the most important one out there. I think that winning that one is meaningful, but the end result of these, if Utah loses this football game, I'm not going to look at them like, Oh my God. How are they going to compete, compete next year? They're going to be right at the top of the South again. They're going to be vying for a Pac-12 championship and throwing their name, name in the ring for, for the college football playoff. That's not going to do anything. It may allow people to talk about Texas a little bit more and say, Hey, you know, Texas is back. Well, Texas certainly isn't back, but it may allow those Longhorn fans out there to hold up the horns up a little bit longer yeah. uh, until the season <laughs> starts next year. No, I, I appreciate it. you were cracking me up, you know, as you're saying that because I'm I'm a college basketball guy, man. Like I I love March Madness, getting into the tournament, games matter. I've always been a, an opponent and a, and a critic of you know college football's postseason and the kind of rewards for mediocrity that come in the form of you know the paydays of the bowl game. So it's always it's always cracks me up to hear those kinds of things in this conversation. But I, I appreciate that. Let's switch lanes. Uh, Vigit is our sponsor. It's an online betting platform. They have a lot of new uh, features coming out. They have a few locks here for the bowl season. Ryan, I'll throw a few at at you. Maybe you can pick one. I got three for you. You can choose one. They got a lock here. Miami, Louisiana Tech, and the Independence Bowl under 49 and a half. They got Cincy minus seven over BC and LSU minus 14 over Oklahoma. Any three of those uh, pick your interest or that you agree or disagree with? Uh, I, I, LSU for me is, is yeah. I think they, I think they absolutely dominate. Uh, uh, two touchdowns for me is, is I think the, the, the floor. Um, the ceiling for them is is kind of a beat down. I think there could be a a, a forty two to fourteen type of. Uh, it could look eerily similar to the SEC championship, to be honest with you, and how they dismantled the Georgia yeah. team. So LSU, uh, uh, you know, this is one of those games where I'm like with the favorite in college football. Take those fourteen points and run. Definitely, definitely. And to reiterate, Vigit's also got Cincy minus seven seven over BC and Miami and Louisiana Tech under forty nine in the Independence Bowl. Now, Ryan, we'll get you out of here. Last thing, we got a speed round for you. All right, 10 games. I'll just say a bowl game, and you simply respond with your gut reaction choice. Sound good? Okay. All yes, right. Sir. Uh, Notre Dame, Iowa State, in the Camping World Bowl. Uh, Iowa State. Penn State, Memphis, in the Cotton Bowl. Penn State. Florida, Virginia, Orange Bowl. Florida. Utah, Texas, Alamo Bowl. Utah. Alabama, Michigan, Citrus. Alabama. Auburn, Minnesota, Outback. Roll that boat. Wisconsin, Oregon, Rose Bowl. Oregon. Georgia, Baylor, and the Sugar. Baylor. We took LSU in the Peach, Clemson, and Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl. Clemson. And who is Ryan Leaf's national champion? Clemson over LSU, 42-31. All right, we'll mark it down here, man. Well, Ryan Leaf, we appreciate. It. We'll get you off the hot seat. I know you got some coaches' calls to do. I really appreciate you and especially your work with the Believe Podcast Network. Um, you guys were a great connection, and we very much appreciate your time. So, thanks so much. Enjoy your uh, your game. And reminded that the Cheez It game, that the Cheez It Bowl, that's on Friday. Is that correct? Or yeah, yeah, Friday night. Uh, the uh, the seven fifteen Pacific window, so ten fifteen Eastern for all you. 
late night, people getting ready for the uh, national semis the next day. Washington State versus Air Force, uh, 10 and 2 Air Force versus 6 and 6 Washington State. Of course, my alma mater, you can watch the, the number one passing offense in the country led by Aaron Gordon, Anthony Gordon from Washington State. Very good. Very good. Well, Ryan, thanks so much for Brolev Cast. Thanks, you man. All the best here for this holiday season. You too. Thank you so much for having me. All right. All right, you heard it. The Clemson Tigers and the New World Order in college football, it's orange and white. I don't know. If Clemson wins out and they say, like Ryan says, and they go 30-0, and you can't deny, Dabo's up there for one of the best coaches ever. You got one of the best teams ever in the Clemson Tigers. We want to thank Ryan Lee for coming on to the Bro Love cast. Really, really good get for us. We really appreciate that. And a huge shout out. If you haven't heard of this podcast network, check them out. The Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V podcast network. They have a podcast for pretty much any sport that you're interested in. They got college football. They have a big five Believe podcast show. They have all sorts of things. They were a wonderful connection to get uh, to get us with Ryan. And we really appreciate, again, the Believe podcast network. Remember, this podcast was brought to you by Vigit, now legal in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. They have a few locks that they're going to really, that threw, they threw out. They, they're taking Cincy over BC under 49 and a half. With, with the Miami game and taking LSU over Oklahoma, check out Vigit, download the app, use promo code BROLOVECAST. You're helping us all if you do that. And by the way, have a happy and blessed holiday this Christmas season. The BROLOVECAST thanks you for listening. Again, shout out to Ryan Leaf and the B-Leaf Podcast Network. Everybody, have a wonderful, jolly, Merry Christmas, and go watch some college football games. And every time it rains, it rains, and it's from heaven. Don't you know each cloud contains banners from heaven? You'll find your fortune falling all over town. Be sure that your umbrella is up, 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 upside down and trade them for a package of sunshine and ravioli. Macaroni! If you want the thing you love, you must have a pizza, holy baby. And when you hear thunder, don't run under a tree. He'll be pennies from heaven for you and me. Now come over here, boy, Sam. And every time it rains, it rains. And don't you know it's crocodiles? Every time it rains, it rains. And don't you know it's crocodiles? You find your fortune falling all over town, all over town, all over town. Be sure that your umbrella is upside down and twiddly bop. How about who's the right? I'm a hungry Zoomaloot, Zoomaloot Oh, Bartley boys, oi Hey, Baba Harboy Ooh, Baba Harboy Ooh, I knew I'd get you, I knew I'd get you Let's go, let's go <laughs>